Thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Valdanza Di Pacchio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. Two match days, a couple of upsets, a couple of smashings. Some teams taking quite the hit. Yeah, some teams just falling apart. <laughs> um, and some teams just rising to the occasion. Yeah. Top four looks like it's they're separating themselves uh, from the rest of the pack. And uh, I think anybody in the top four right now, the Scudetto race is wide open for anybody in the top four. Yeah, which it looks is, like that. Which is uh, it's crazy to say. And that means Atalanta is, is in the running with the way they've been playing. They are. They're in the running for the title. The Europa League positions are very tight. Conference League is going to be a battle too. So right from 10th or even 11th place all the way to, yeah, 5th, it's very, very tight right now. If you, you know, if, if you're a fan of some of the what you thought were the bigger teams, uh, you're disappointed. <laughs> Roma, um, we talking about Roma there? Yeah, yeah, very, very. If you're a Romanista fan, you are you are really, really pissed off right now. And if you're not pissed off, you're just a fool. But uh, Juve fans must be happy. Uh, two routine wins. Uh, but let's uh, let's let's go through the let's go through the results. Uh, we'll go through the midweek results quickly, and then if there's any points you want to touch on, Giuliano, by all yeah, means, yeah. go for it. Um, so Atalanta smashing Venezia four nothing, pretty straightforward. Fiorentina smashing Sampdoria three to one. One of two losses for the Versa, like we like it's been mentioned already in the media a little bit. Stankovic possibly going to come in. It looks yeah. like it looks it's, like it's going to happen though. Eh? Yeah, it looks like it's going to happen. Ferrero getting arrested and stepping down as president of Sampdoria. So they are just a mess right now. They're an absolute mess. Uh, but big 3-1 win for Fiorentina. And then uh, a little bit of a surprise here. Verona being held to a 0-0 stalemate against Cagliari. Yeah, that was uh, the surprising fixture, especially that they put Boris Radunovic in net. Cagliari, yeah, uh, and he played fantastic in that game. Yeah, I got a clean sheet, something Cagliari hasn't been able to do in a, in a long time. And they, one weird thing I noticed in their team lineup is the way they utilized Dalbert. Uh, he was put in the center mid position, left side, kind of as a Mazzala. And he he did okay. He wasn't terrible, but it was interesting. Usually he's known for being a left wing back, but he played more more central and more direct. So I guess it kind of worked in their favor to penetrate the line of Hellas Verona, and it gave gave them some trouble. Uh, so a very valuable point for Cagliari. Two points lost for uh, Verona, if you see it in their eyes. Uh, on to the final game on Tuesday, November the 30th. Juve with a routine 2 nothing win over Salernitana. No yeah, surprise there. No surprise. Massimiliano Allegri, he needed this big time. Big time. Big and time. we mentioned this before. Castori didn't understand the sack uh, from Salernitana, why they got rid of him. Stefano Colotono's added nothing to this team. He hasn't. His he lineups hasn't. are, you know, yes, Sanlebiantana did create some chances against Juve. They had their chances. Ranieri had a chance, but it's 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 worse. It's worse than what Castori had. It, it, it definitely is, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Usually, you see teams like this because the original manager is still on the payroll. You might see mm-hmm. Colotono go and Castori come back. I, like we've I seen that. So many yeah. times. I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone by the end of the, the year. Yeah, I think so. It, it was a very poor, poor, poor decision to bring him in. And uh, right. I think uh, Sonny Tan is a mess anyway with ownership and everything. So they are they are a team destined to go back into La Serie B. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, 
Inter, 2 nothing win over La Spezia. No surprise there. Defense played good. They did touch some, some here, Handanovic, but Inter, too, they created a boatload of chances. Ivan Provedal doing well, representing himself pretty good in between the sticks. Yeah. Should have been more than 2-0, but it was, this was just a, an easy 2-0 win. And another penalty, actually, for Inter. That I think that puts them at 8 for the year, the most in Serie A this year so far. Inter, Inter and Fiorentina, the most penalties. Yeah. One and two. Yeah, and then uh, moving on to the next game. Uh, it, if you're a Roma fan, this was quite a surprise to you. Uh, but uh, yeah, what did, what did you think? One of two bad results. Very, very, very disappointing. Uh, uh, I mean, I'll say right now, top four is no longer, no longer a possibility. You needed to hit the ground running, and uh, this was an opportunity completely lost. But all the credit in the world goes to Lucas Kudrowski, who had a game and a half. Um, against Roma. He was lights out, by far the man of the match. And Roma just, uh, just, uh, just, just a frustrating, frustrating loss. Uh, Jordan Vertu, uh, absolutely, he's been a disaster this season, aside from the first game. Uh, Diawara did nothing in the midfield. Mkhitaryan playing in the center mid as well, did nothing. Tammy Abraham, again, is a ghost. Uh, so is Zanaiolo. Nothing. I just, just, just a, just a very disappointing game all around. If you're a Roma fan, uh, terrible, terrible, terrible result. This pretty much clinches us into, I think, at best a Europa League spot. But even that mm. is looking, uh, that is looking like a very, very high projection. So, uh, tough loss for Roma, and uh, basically solidifies us in. Uh, we will be in mid-table obscurity, I think, for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, it seems that way. Yeah, it does. We'll talk, so. a, we'll talk a little bit more about them. Though. Yeah, <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit later. I don't <laughs> want to talk about them right now. Yeah. Uh, AC Milan, 3-0 win over Genoa. Impressive again. Junior Messiah's coming out, two goals. Yeah. Um, fan, I mean, you, you, that's a that's one of the most feel-good stories yes. ever. I mean, we were, it, we were everybody's good. rooting for him. Yeah, everyone is. We were talking about him early last year, too. His performances with Crotone were outstanding, and I'm so happy to see him now at a, at a big club where he deserves to be. Zlatan also scoring uh, his second free kick of the year, yeah. which was huge. Simon Kyer getting a big injury in this game, unfortunately, so they're going to be a little bit short in the back, AC. But this was a game where uh, Kikayo Tamori finally came back from his injury woes, and he made such a huge uh, difference to the young Oh, he did, for sure. In the defense. He did, for sure. And Mike, sure. uh, was this Mike Magnan's first game back too, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, I think so, yeah. Rear surgeon, he did pretty uh, pretty decent, making some big saves in the game as well. Back just in time. Back just, just in time. Just in time. So Milan continuing their hunt for the Scudetto. Uh, and then moving on to this surprise, uh, Napoli being held 2-2 to Sassuolo. Uh, Sassuolo again claiming points off a big dog and uh, Skamaka strikes again. Yes, against Milan and now against against Napoli, another team that had a bad bad week. Yeah, yeah. It and uh, everybody keeps saying who who's who's out there, who's out there, who's out there. Well, Gianluca Scamacca's out there for crying out loud. I he mean. is. Did you? I don't know if you saw Mancini's comments today. He's still, he goes, Chiro's going to be the man up top still. Yeah, the national team. And Scamacca is gonna if he Scamacca keeps up this form. Time. Yeah, yeah he'll so, be there, but. Oh, it's, it's, it's good to see. It makes me feel a little more solid that Joao Pedro is not going to get called into this team, mm-hmm. a guy that has no business being there. Um, <laughs> but the one thing I want to talk about uh, is uh, 
you know, watching this game, I was really surprised with the amount of time they gave uh, Ferrari to score that tying goal against yeah. them. Did you, I don't know if you saw that, but like yes. how much space he, like, he had full time to turn around and go. And so if you're if you're Luciano Spalletti, you're you got to be really frustrated by that. Oh, um, for sure. That's why he way I mean, too much time on the ball, yeah, and that's that's, that's, your, that's a center back too. It is. It is. And Spalletti getting sent off for the first half. He got sent off, so not to do with the John Marco Ferrari goal, but yeah, um, or sorry, John Mario Ferrari goal. But yeah, something's not working out right now for for Napoli, as we'll no. see. Yeah, this is where we're gonna see if they're true champions. You you make quick work of this dip and you rebound. And it, yeah. the way the Atlanta game went, it doesn't look like uh, they're able to rebound too good. Let's just put it that way. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And then uh, the other two games to talk about, uh, Torino and Empoli time 2-2. Uh, Empoli, very impressive this week. Uh, yes. claiming, claiming consecutive points um, in their in their both games. And uh, quite a surprise, but they are the city of B champions and uh, they're sitting in mid table. It looks like they're going to be, uh, they're going to be safe. Yeah, so yeah. You're in city. Yeah, they're, they're very comfortable there. But then let's talk about this game, Giuliano. This game was a screamer of a game. Lazio Udinese 4-4. Udinese was all over. Like Udinese went into the half up 3-1 and then Lazio came out, pounded them. And then at the end, <laughs> they they screw up like this is this was Jekyll and Hyde. We 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 know we know Lazio are a Jekyll and Hyde team, but this was they were Jekyll and Hyde in the same bloody game. Yeah, all in one season. I mean, all, the entire season in one game, definitely. Uh, red cards. The Patrick Peperena was terrible. I mean, there were a lot of bad performances on the field from both teams. Even Marco Silvestri was poor. Yeah. Both goalies. It it was. It was just a very strange game. Uh, but the goal at the end, Arsenal, that was a wicked goal that he scored oh, uh, yeah. to tie it in the 99th minute but yeah just a, a strange game i don't think we'll see a game like this in a in a, in a long time no and uh chudo and Mobile getting on the score sheet yeah pedro getting on the score sheet malinkovic savage getting on the score sheet like that that second half like when they the, those first 10 minutes in that second half Watching that game, you just thought Lazio just going to run away with it. Like, okay, they tied it. That's it. Udinese are funny. Like, there, there's no, there's no coming back from this. And they, they, they showed character. And then Achebe getting that uh, that go ahead goal with 11 minutes to go. And yeah, you think it's done? How could they? <laughs> yeah, like it's it's the perfect comeback. What a story! And it's at the Olympico. There's no way they're going to screw this up, and they do. Udinese, on the other hand, I mean, you got to feel that they are. If you're if you're the ownership, you, you got to. This was a huge, huge drop for them um, to to go in. Like this is an Udinese team that is is defensively very stubborn to beat. And if you're Udinese, you're going you're going into the half three to one. Surely you would expect them to come out, close up shop, and game's over. But I think we we say defensively stubborn. We definitely use that quite a bit. But now, if you look, twenty seven goals conceded in sixteen games, isn't yeah. Isn't that good? Uh, no, and they also not. they blew they blew the lead today in their game. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. yeah, they blew the lead. Right, they took the the lead yeah. and then conceded uh, three. Right, so yeah, 
they they did it again. Nothing learned. Got the big question marks have to start being raised around yeah. his appointment because I don't think he's me they've personally. Are, I don't think he's been a good fit with Houdini since he's been there. They've already said that uh, there's already reports out there saying that his position is being considered. So he's uh, he's definitely on the hot seat for sure. Yeah. But the huge, huge rescue for Lazio. If you're Sadi, though, you're disappointed that you didn't get the full three points, that you mustered a draw. So that sums up the, the midweek match day. Uh, moving on to uh, the weekend. Uh, started off with AC Milan routine 2 nothing victory over Salernitana. Yeah, they won this game. In the first 20 minutes, this game was, it was over. Yeah, business no is contest. Usual. No, no contest, exactly. Business as usual. They did nothing, Salitana. They started with Frank Ribery this time. Yep. Uh, the was in the middle this time with Schiavoni. They were just outrunning the nothing. middle. Did nothing. They had no answer to Milan's attack. It was so easy for Milan. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know what. I honestly don't know what Colantuano's doing with this team. Nobody knows what Colantuano's doing. With this team, but uh, big two nothing win there. Let's move on to the big one, the Tifosi Football Radio Derby, turned into uh, the Tifosi Football Radio Massacre. <laughs> yes. Inter came in, won this game in the first half, and uh, totally destroying Roma at the Olimpico. And uh, I mean, take me through, take take me through your thoughts on this game, and then I'll give you my thoughts. Yeah, you said the first half it was it was done and dusted. The way the first goal went in, Hakan Kalinoglu's Oh my god. Shot from the corner. He caught uh Zaniolo and Rui Patricio both sleeping at the near post. The the crazy thing for me on that goal is he attempted it again, Hakan Kalinoglu from, from the same corner. And again Zaniolo was off the post. That communication back there it just goes to show you the leadership is lacking in the defense uh big time. That oh. Kalinoglu had the confidence to go again and attempt it because he saw the open spot. So he scored off the corner to start the game. And then Edin Dzeko, who we all know, was released by Roma because he wasn't scoring the goals there. He didn't want to be there as well. He's been a new man. He's been reborn in the Inter jersey. He's been phenomenal. He scored a huge goal. Yeah, somebody you weren't too happy, too thrilled about coming into the Yeah, I, I, I wasn't too thrilled. That's one thing I definitely got wrong when Simone and Zaghi came in. Uh, I, you know, me not alone. I'm pretty sure a lot of people thought he was a downgrade to Conte. Dumfries was a downgrade to Hakimi. Jack was a downgrade to Lukaku. So I thought for sure Inter would struggle this year, without a doubt. I didn't think they would be fighting for the top uh, this early on in the season. But they're argu- arguably playing better now yeah, than they, they were last year. So it's... And and you look at Lazio where they are now compared to the last couple of seasons, you know. Yeah. So, and Zaghi, I think he's finally beating some of the bigger names in the league, which is big. Yeah. He's getting the big results. And the transition has been seamless. Dumfries has slotted in pretty good. Eden Jekyll's been better than Lukaku. Hakan uh, Kalinoglu has been the, our new Ericsson. It's been... <laughs> it's been uh, Another guy you weren't too happy about. Yeah, another guy. Yeah, definitely. I was not too happy about him coming because he just, to me, didn't show the drive of a champion to me at Milan. And I think Milan saw that in him too, and that's why they were willing to release him and didn't want to re-sign him, right? He he doesn't want to do the hard parts of the game, but in that inter-jersey, for whatever reason, Inzaghi's found a way to light a fire under him, and he's 
been working unbelievable in both aspects of the field. Man of the match in this game, anyway. Uh, yeah. So I I can't believe how much better Simone Inzaghi has made this team so far. They, like I said, been playing better than under the Conte era already in the, in his first season. So that was the first two goals. And Jekyll Dumfries scores the third in the 39th minute with an unbelievable diving header. Bastoni putting in that, the cross. Yeah. That that cross, that that to me was, that was more beautiful than the Chalanoglu goal, I yes. think. That, yeah, that, that was the nicest goal. Of the, of that, the that feed from Bastoni. And if Mancini is not watching that, like that's what Bastoni is capable of doing. Like that is. Yeah, Bastoni. Credit to Conte for bringing him in. He looked lost in his very first season. Second season, he solidified himself in the team. Yeah. Now he, this he guy, looked... he's honest for me, one of the best defenders in Serie. A. He's amazing defensively, good concentration, but he thrives in the offensive end. I can't yeah. believe. And Simone Inzaghi, this is his little tactic that he has, but his left center back always pushes up the field, whether it be the Marco or Bastoni. And he wants them to get in the box uh, for headers. He wants them to get a wide to the crosses. And it's uh, pretty amazing what he's able to do uh, with with both feet as a defender. He's top class, Bastoni. Top, top class. class. Sure. Top, uh, to me, that he is a must start for the Aduri. He is definitely an upgrade to Bonucci and Chiellini. I think he just doesn't have that experience, but that's a center back that can build from the back. That's a guy that fits Mancini's plan. He wants to build from the back, and that's the guy to do it, right? Yeah, exactly. And he's so calm. I can't. He is so calm and confident on the ball. Yeah, it's like what's what center back can find a winger like that? Nobody. No one can. No one can put that bend on a ball. The closest thing we have is. Bonucci, but he his ball is the long diagonals. That's what he's good at. Yeah, Bastoni's capable of doing that too. Uh, but what Bastoni does different is he gets involved in the offensive play. He doesn't make the Hollywood passes from center or his own end. He's getting up into the attack. Yeah, almost playing like a wing back, but as yeah. a center back, it's it's impressive. The only other defender as well that I can probably compare him to doesn't get any time in the Azzurri shirt is Baragi. Yeah. We'll see scored a fantastic free kick. He's the only other defender with a wand of a left foot. And actually throw Di Marco in there. Doesn't have the defensive game yeah. of, of these two, but he has another wand of a left foot. That's three defenders there with yeah. a, a magical left foot that should probably get looked at for the Azzurri. For sure. And I mean, if you're Roberto Mancini, your your tactic is that you're heavy on the left side. So Emerson clearly isn't that like for like guy for speed on soul. I think Di Marco's more of a match. I think re- so too. To replace Spinazzola, then he—I mean, not as defensively sound. We all know Spinazzola is not as defensively sound too. So I think they're more of a like-for-like change than than Emerson. Yeah. So I mean, if you're Roberto Mancini, there's some there's some things to see right there. But uh, you tell me, what did you think? Where where did uh... set up to lose? Set up yeah. absolutely set up to lose. Mourinho put all his money on the Bologna game. It backfired. Because uh, I don't think he thought he could beat Inter, and he he's right. Inter are the and to me Inter Inter are the team to beat in Serie A. They may not be at the they may not be at the top of the mountain yet, but they'll be there very very soon. It's a matter of time, mm-hmm. I think. Um, very disappointed in how in in the performance, uh, especially at the Olympic call. This is a, the fortress for Roma. Um, the the first goal was childish. Uh, was very childish, and I'm I'm putting all that blame on Rui Patricio. 
uh, that's a corner kick. Anything coming into your box, that as a goalkeeper, you have to own that box. You organize your players. And clearly he wasn't prepared. He, like you said, he was caught sleeping. And, uh, the, nice. fact that, nice yeah. too. and the fact that Chalanoglu had the balls to do it again shows you that, you know, Rui Patricio does not have command of that 18-yard box. He's shaky um, at times. He's been solid. He's been solid for the most, for the better part of this season. So you know, goalkeepers are going to have bad games here and there. But this was the worst kind of game to have a bad game. And uh, this is what I was worried about seeing this kind of Rui Patricio because he's been screwing up a lot as of late, both for club and country. Um, Gianluca Mancini, just a disaster. Uh, Smalling, a disaster. Kambula, a disaster. So, I mean, this is what I see here. I mean, I see this is a team, and, and there's so many Roma fans arguing, like arguing patience with Mourinho, arguing patience, 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 patience. I've had enough. I'm, I'm, I'm impatient. I'm, I'm very impatient with this Mourinho project because all, this, is the, this is essentially the same team as last year. What did you expect? Well, you know what? Paulo Fonseca did a lot better last year with a lot less because Paulo Fonseca didn't have Tammy Abraham. Paulo Fonseca had Edin Dzeko, who wasn't firing on all cylinders, so he had to rely on Borja Mayoral. Uh, Paulo Fonseca didn't have Rui Patricio. He had Paulo Lopez that he had to deal with, and Antonio Mirante. He was juggling with them back mm-hmm. and forth. No Zaniolo, though. But yeah, Paulo Fonseca didn't have Nicolas Zanayolo. So don't go and tell me that this is the same team as last year because you know what? At the end of the day, it really is not. And you want to look at your competition too. Has anyone else really upgraded? Napoli is the same team, just yeah. Spalletti. Inter, like we already mentioned, got rid of a whole bunch of players, new coach. Yeah. Um, so they had a lot to prove. Yeah. AC Milan brought in Giroud and Magnan. Uh, Roma, it, Roma, really. I think spent one, was top ten in Europe for what they spent. Yeah, for for money spent, definitely. Yeah, and everybody's saying, "Oh, patience with Mourinho. It's only been a, it's only been so many games." Well, guess what? Look, look how many games. Look, look at how Inter's firing with Simone Inzaghi now. Look he's got that. a he's got a new squad. Yeah, look at Lazio. Lazio is, I believe, the same squad for the most part. I know they brought in a uh, new manager, of course, a couple yeah. new players, but they're right there with Roma now. It's tied on points. Yeah. It's it's it, 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 it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I just I've had enough. I, Jose Mourinho cannot build from the ground up. He's not that. He's not that manager. And I'm so fed up with people. Pr- pr- people keep preaching patience with this guy because I'm the patience should be over. You've you've lost. How many games have they lost now? They've lost seven. Sorry, worse. Eight wins, one draw, seven losses. Yeah. So like we were nowhere near this last year. We are. I think we're in a, we're in a worse spot than we were last year. I think last year at this time we were we were sitting in the top four. We were sitting. We were yeah. hovering around fourth place. But I mean, at the same time, we hadn't played a lot of the a lot of the the top teams yet. But this. But here's my point. We're we're exactly where we were last year. We can't do anything against the big teams. We cannot do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's, and uh, and now you're dropping points to the teams below you. Before you were winning every game against those teams, yeah. but now no, you're losing to yeah. teams like Bologna, Bologna, Venezia. That's six points lost. Yeah, so top, it is. It has it has gotten worse. Top four, top four is not is is no longer an attainable. It's not an attainable goal this season. It, I, I think it's over. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's the way over. the way Juve and Atalanta are firing. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very hard. We'll be lucky to finish seventh place. We'll be lucky to finish where we where we finished last season. 
Um, I hope the reports are true. I hope uh, I hope Everton really is considering Jose Mourinho because he needs to go. Uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a disaster year for Roma, and uh, I've had it with him. The guy's done. The guy's absolutely done. The tactics yeah. don't work, and uh, the tactics don't work. But it's it's the message too that he portrays, the way he carries himself in the media. Like I said, that's my biggest qualms with him that I don't like the way he carries himself going into a press conference, the way he talks back to reporters. Yeah, he like refuses. My, yeah, he's been doing this for for how long now? Almost twenty plus years. Yeah. And he just seems to be becoming an old bitter man the longer yeah. he's in this profession. He hasn't won a trophy since twenty seventeen. And you can tell it's really hitting his ego that he's fallen behind. Yeah. And uh it just it doesn't it doesn't look at it. it doesn't matter if behind the scenes the players love him still this and that the energy within with around the club is not good no it's not it's absolutely not good but uh that's that's into Roma for you three nothing uh onto a what was a screamer of a game uh, yeah Atalanta game. Atalanta three or two victors over uh over Napoli, so Napoli Napoli winless this week. Winless this week, they went from first to third place. Before this game even started, I was looking at the lineups on the screen, and I couldn't believe uh, for one the way Luciano Spalletti. I know he was suspended for the match, but the way he sent his team out in a three four three to match exactly Atalanta right off the bat, I said to myself, huge mistake. Yeah. There is no way with. A makeshift team, you're going to go man for man against Atalanta and come out with a good result. Nope. Uh, I was shocked when they tied the game and then went into the lead after that Malinovsky rocket of a goal. Yeah. Uh, but I knew the Atalanta, it was, it was going to come, and they just ended up hammering them. I think they could have got more goals in the 3-2 show. Yeah. Uh, so for me, Atalanta did what they had to do. They did what they always do in games, play high-intensity, high-octane, uh, a lot of energy, and Spalletti was very naive and tried to play that Atalanta way and paid big time in yeah. uh, in this defeat. That's what Gasparini wants. When you go man to man with Atalanta, that's right up his alley. That that that's exactly what he loves. So you've basically given him what he wanted, and he made you pay. Exactly. Um, I mean, that Malinowski rocket was crazy. I got to give credit to Dries Mertens though. He's shown up for every game since he's been called into mm-hmm. the team. Um, Dem- all big goal too. Near oh, post, top shot. That, that was a beautiful that goal. Was a be- no goalie stopping that. It no. But um, it, yeah. Yeah. It, it, but it was just so naive from Spalletti. This is, if you want to win a Scudetto, find details. This was a massive mistake against one of your now title rivals. You brought Atalanta now into the title race with this obvious mistake. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're looking at guys that aren't regulars that come into this game. You're looking at Juan Jesus. Kevin uh, Malqui, Stanislav Lobotka, Almas isn't always a starter. That, that's four guys taken from yeah. the bench, put on the starting lineup, and you're going to go man-to-man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, his yeah. first major mistake of the, of the uh, City Act campaign, oh, tactics-wise, tactics anyway. A very well-deserved win by Atalanta, who just lights oh, they up. They schooled him. They schooled him. Atalanta, for real, and... Yeah, I was I totally wrong about them. <laughs> they have to be considered for the Scudetto. because they, no, they have to be. They're only four yeah. points off the top, right? Yeah. So you got to – what a story that would be for this Atalanta team to, to 
win the Scudetto. But, it would uh, be. You know, all the credit to them in the world. I thought they were done, but uh, they're clearly not finished yet. Yeah, um, back, back alive. Yeah. Moving on to Sunday, Fiorentina again going to work. 3-2 to victors over Bologna. This win puts them in fifth, Jules. Fifth place ahead of Roma. European spot. Yeah, European spot. we thought they'd be. Uh, Biragi, like we said, scoring a beautiful free kick. Uh, they were impressive. Male got an honor on the score sheet too. Yusuf Male, the, the youth player uh, who was sent on a loan last year, now in the, in the team. He's having an impact. They're just they're playing like a team. They're, yeah. Everyone's putting in uh, good performances in this team. They don't have to just rely on one player, which is usually Vlahovic. They can rely on a plethora of guys behind the scenes now, which Fiorentina, they haven't had that in a long time. It's always come down to one player with them, whether it be Liberty in the past or, you know, Vlahovic uh, last year. Now, now it's a whole team effort. Yeah, it's a whole team effort. You got to credit to Vincenzo Italiano. He's doing a fantastic job over there. It's just, they need to be a little more, if they're, if they stick to their consistency, um, they they could they could top four is a possibility for them. It's it's not out of the question. It is. They got to keep doing this. I don't think they've had back to back wins uh, yet in the season. I think this is the first time. So yeah, they need to build off this. Uh, they are they're they definitely they're definitely. Uh, I would say they're definitely conquering old demons that Fiorentina could never conquer. Back to back results, consistency. Uh, like claiming a scalp off a big team, which they've done. So they're they're definitely getting over a lot of mental barriers very early on in this season, and they are a very dangerous team to play. They score a boatload of goals. They may yeah. not keep many clean sheets, but uh, yeah, that's one of the the weak spots. But this is a kind of a make or break season for them because if they don't clinch top, maybe well, I'm going to say top four. They need to clinch top four to keep Dusan Vlahovic, who's their star player. Yeah. So this could be one of those make-or-break uh, seasons for them. Because if they can clinch top four this year and they keep them, I yep. think they really take off. If they miss out on it and they have to sell them, I think uh, they kind of go back into no man's land there. But this is this is a very important season for them, and I hope they they get it right because it would be nice to see Fiorentina kind of build off this because it is an exciting team. For sure, for sure. Moving on to the next game. Uh, Swallow and Spezia 2-2. Spezia dropping a a lead that they had. Yeah, in the game. lead. Uh, to to Swallow and Giacomo Aspadori comes to life. Two goals, man of the match performance. Yeah, his best performance of the season. Two clutch goals, two well-taken goals. Yeah. He needed that for his confidence. Hopefully it continues for him. But Sassuolo... This is their their problem, the consistency. How you know the way they can go take the game to the top teams, but then you're you're down two 0 to Spezia. It's not yeah. uh, it's not good. It shows that it's a concentration problem. Uh, Khan Ihan too in the center back. He was awful in defense that game. At fault for both goals. Yeah. Uh, for Spezia. So yeah, just just I don't know. Not very weak mistakes being made here by Sassuolo. Lack of yeah. concentration, I see it as a big weakness in their game. Absolutely, absolutely. Moving on to the next game, Verona mounting a massive comeback over Venezia. Venezia was leading this game at 3 nothing at halftime. 
Verona begs and poor goals in the second <laughs> half just to ridiculous. win 4-3. This is just ridiculous. I mean, when looking at the scoreline at halftime, I couldn't believe it. And I know. Then, I uh, I thought Venezia cracked the uh, Verona code. I'm like, no one's been able to t- take the game to them. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they're the first team to do it of all teams, Venezia. But then Verona does what they do good, and they score goals. Yeah, Giovanni Simeone bagging two, Gianluca Comprati bagging at one, and uh, their first goal was a Thomas Henry own goal. Uh, but credit to Igor Tudor and making the adjustments. Believe it or not, Giuliano, the man who set up Giovanni Simeone for his game-winning goal was none other than Kevin Lasagna. <laughs> so he may not have he may not be on the score sheet yet, but he is responsible for Giovanni Simeone getting that fourth goal. So Well, the goal was taken from like thirty yards out almost. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He got his fist on it. That's it what was matters. a beautiful shot. I know. It was good. It's good that he's got it. But that's the beauty of Igor too, though. He gets everybody involved in this team. He really um, does. Inspires them, gives them confidence. Um but on the other, if you're Paolo Zanetti, though, how do you feel about this game? I mean, you were up three nothing. Oh, Zanetti. Who is, this is, is this? Is a technically a derby? Like, yeah, no, it is. It is a big, big game, big derby. But he he's got to be disappointed. It's unacceptable. If you're a Serie B team, you know you're, you're coming up through uh, promotion. It's still unacceptable to to lose three nil uh, up at half. Uh, but at yeah. the same time, they're going against maybe one of the informed teams in Syria, one of the best offenses. So I don't know. What are, what, are, what can you do better when Giovanni Simeone is hitting shots like that outside the yeah, the 18 to, to, to take all three points from me? That's just ridiculous. It's just something he's been doing all season. Huge comeback win for Hellas Verona. Uh, they're sitting pretty in the table. Uh, next game, Lazio beating Sampdoria 3-1. to one, Another smacking. Yeah, the uh, game was done in the first 40 minutes. Yeah. Matej Zakanyi, Chiro, Sergei Milinkovic, the three of them won this game. So I know they were, they were fantastic. Starokosha back in net. He was uh, he was pretty good again. And Manolo, Manolo Gabbiadini, he uh, scored another goal. So good to see him on the score sheet again. This is just the game, though, where, yeah, is this going to be the last game of uh, the Versa's Sampdoria tenure here? Oh, I mean, with, with the way Sampdoria is, they're a mess. I mean, like I said before, president arrested, stepped down. Ferrero has stepped down after getting arrested for some uh, corruption. In Calabria. Yeah, financial, in Calabria. financial crimes. What, what a surprise there. And, uh, yeah, there's just there's rumblings of Dan Stankovic coming in. But yeah. uh, with, with all the drama going on in Sampdoria, I don't know if the manager's going to want to touch that team. Uh, never, never a dull moment in Italian football. No, never a dull moment. This is a team that has a storied past, and uh, they are, they are, they look like they're like every all three clubs from the Liguria region are just a disaster. Oh yeah, they're season. they're all a disaster, and they're they're all very capable of going down into City yep. B. Um, yeah, so let, let's just move on to that other Ligurian team. Genoa losing two nothing to Juve. Yeah, Juve playing their best game of the season. Cuadrado sees how Kalanoglu hits the the goal from the corner, and he he, he does one himself, top corner. Yeah. Like, what's the chances of that two in one weekend? Yeah, um, he says he didn't mean to do it, but regardless, it was beautifully taken. 
Uh, Dybala was outstanding. The whole Lulu team was just outstanding. This was by far the best game. Genoa did not even get a shot on net. They were that bad. Uh, I don't know what Shevchenko <laughs> did tactics-wise for this game because it was abysmal. And the big story uh, on the sideline, Alvaro Marata yeah. uh, told to shut up by his manager, Allegri, after getting subbed off because he made a big uh, stink about, about being subbed off. So some infighting there in, the, in yeah. this game. Well, at the end of the day, though, Juve wins the game. They're slowly making their way up the table. Let's cap off these last two games from match day 16. Uh, Empoli, 3-1 victors over Udinese today. Another comeback. Udinese blowing another yeah. Another lead. Yeah, it's, it's uh, terrible. If you're Gotti, you're, you're a little worried for sure. But Empoli, if you're under a lot, so you're very happy. This Empoli team is just doing very, very, very well, punching above expectations. I think doing a lot better than people expected them to do. Um, I would say, yeah, yeah. They're, they're sitting 11th in the in the league. I mean, uh, they behind Roma. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and uh, Cagliari picking up another valuable point uh, against Torino. Yes, Rob Pedro, our future Italian striker, scoring a bicycle yeah. kick in this game. Okay. Cagliari <laughs> now have drawn the last four games. Yes, that well, this is what Walter Mazzari does. This is this is the Walter Mazzari way. You yeah. play not to lose. You play not to lose, and uh, they're only two points out of safety. So, yeah, they are. I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll see them out of safety with the way some other teams are going right now. But uh, yeah, I guess it's a good point for them. I, you know, it's ugly football. I don't, that's you know the big flack Mazzari got with Inter. He he just plays ugly, brutal football, but. I guess for a bottom team like this, we'll see if it works in the end. Yeah, we will. We will. And that sums up uh, match day 16. But we got some uh, some big Champions League games, uh, Europa League games, and Europa Conference League games all going into match day 6 in the midweek. Big games coming up. AC Milan playing Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool going to bring in a rotated squad. Jurgen Klopp already confirming. Milan are going to go for it because there is a chance. It's a it's a long shot because, like I said on a previous podcast, they do need a result from uh, the other teams in the group. Yeah, they definitely need a lot of help. Uh, it it they're in they're in Milan. I want to see it, so I'm going to call an AC Milan win here. But uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not convinced by them in Champions League yet. And I, even Liverpool, if they bring out a second team, I think they're too... Uh, too good? I think they're too good for Milan. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But let's move on. So let's move on to your Milan team. They're, they're playing Real Madrid in Madrid for first place in their group. Yes, they are. It's going to be the Brozovic-Luka Modric battle in the, in the middle of the park there. Yeah. I mean, Inter know that this game is huge for them. They don't want to get stuck in second. Um because the way it's looking right now, you could get drawn with Leo, Manchester United, Bayern Munich, uh, Ajax, who, believe it or not, have only conceded five goals all season between the Eredivisie and the Champions League. Three in Champions League, only two in the Eredivisie they've conceded. Unbelievable. Yeah. They have like 40-something plus goals there. And then the other team they can get drawn with is Man City or Liverpool. So you want to finish second. I mean, uh, first, first in this group uh, and not come in second. Uh, Benzema, the only the big plus is that Benzema should be out of the game uh, due to injury. Uh, same with Gareth Bale. He hasn't featured all season anyway, but 
it looks like they're going to be playing a very young team and uh, spearheaded by Luka Jovic. So I think Inter, both teams are in form, but I think Inter's in, in better form right now. And if they can just get one goal, I think they'll be able to hold off this Real Madrid team. Yeah, I mean, they're riding high right now. They're, very, they're playing very confident football. I mean, the last time they played Real Madrid, they, they blew it themselves. They it, wasn't, it wasn't a Real Madrid show. It was just an Inter losses game. That's what it felt like. So I'm comfortable in saying that Inter is going to win. Real Madrid do not impress me at all this season. So I think Inter is going to win, and they're going to finish first in the group. Yeah, I think I agree. Inter, Inter for the win there. They yeah. need it. They need it. Oh, for sure. And then moving on to the next match day for Italian teams. And on Wednesday, Juve play Malmo. Game really means nothing. Chelsea have pretty much clinched first place. Yeah, this is just a, a friendly match at the yeah. end of the day. So you would expect Juve to go with a rotated squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, even a rotated squad should be enough to beat Malmo. Yeah. Um, yeah, not, not, much, not really much to say there. But the big one is Atalanta hosting Villarreal. Yeah, making life difficult. They are in either one or you don't get through. Uh, that's that's where they're at right now because they're one point behind. So they're fighting yeah. for a second. They have to win. A draw won't do. Uh, obviously, a loss won't do. So they got to go in there and, and beat uh, Villarreal. Yeah, it's as simple yeah. as that. They got to change their fortunes in this uh, in this tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think they can do it. They're riding really high right now. Uh, Villarreal, not not so much. They don't impress me as much. I think Atalanta and the form that they're in can totally beat this Villarreal team. But the question is, will they? Are they because they're not consistent between Europe and Serie A? No, they're that, high that, in one and low in the other. Always, right? Yeah, that's the that's the weird thing. It's why they can't translate their Serie A form into Champions League. It's it's very strange. There's no explanation for it. It's just. Maybe it has to do with the coaching isn't as naive maybe in Europe. It's of higher quality. Uh, yeah. They're not going to make the mistakes like Spalletti made on the weekend. Like if you look at the last match, Villarreal sat in a 4-4-2, played defensive, but still ended up getting more shots somehow, um, created more big chances. They just they didn't want to dissect uh, teams that play open, and that's one of the faults. For Atalanta, although it looks beautiful and they can play an open game, it's high risk, high reward. If you're going to play like that, you better be good and yeah. solid defensively. If you're not, you're going to get ripped apart by teams like Villarreal, especially when you have a good manager like Unai Emery. Uh, so I have a feeling Unai, he's a bit more cunning. He's won how many Europa League trophies. He knows how to win big games. And I think his tactical uh, genius is going to get the, he's going to get the upper hand on Gasparini in this match. For sure. That's just my, my gut feeling. We'll see. I in the Europa League, maybe. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Let's talk about the Europa League. Yes. Um, so, Napoli will be playing Leicester City. Uh, and only one point separates. So, I mean, this, this group is so tight. I mean, Leicester's in first with eight points. Spartak in that second spot with seven points. Napoli in third with seven points. And Legio Warsaw is at the bottom of the table, but they got six points. So, I mean... Yeah. Spartak and Legia playing each other in one game and Leicester and Napoli playing in the other game. I mean, this table could totally, totally flip by the time these two ga- two matches are done. It could. Um, do you believe Napoli can do it here against Leicester? I don't know. They've had a really rough week. They need something. They need something to spark them up. And uh, Leicester City are flying high. I just, I don't think Napoli can do it. 
Yeah, Leicester, form-wise, they, they lost recently to Aston Villa's uh, Gerard, the new manager there. They tied Southampton, beat Watford. I mean, it's a win drawn a loss in their last three games. So they're not in the greatest from Monopoly coming off back-to-back losses, now heading into a do-or-die game with a few injuries in that starting lineup too. I don't think they have what it takes to get it done either. I think Leicester, um, I think they're going to want it more. I think those two losses in the week that just passed for Napoli, it put their Scudetto chances in, in jeopardy. Yeah, I think they're really going to be uh, contemplating whether making a run in the Europa League now, if it makes sense for them to stretch yeah. themselves out, or do we want to fight for the title? I think it's going to be a huge decision, and I think they're going to opt for uh, City. Yeah, and Europa League is going to be it's going to be done. But then they got to hope that they don't finish in the conference. Also, <laughs> going to be playing. Uh, yeah, they could be playing Roma. Know, still playing Thursday nights, but more, I'd say, in a more meaningless tournament than you know something they don't want to be involved in. I think. No, uh, definitely not. Definitely not. So well, we're in a weird situation, Apple. But you know what? It's all their fault because the way they they took those that game in Russia, Spartak Moscow, that should not be. Yeah. Losses. They shot themselves in the foot big time with this. Absolutely, absolutely. And moving on to the other team, Lazio Galatasaray. So Lazio Galatasaray have uh, essentially they both clinched. Uh, they both clinched into the next round, but they're they're playing for first place here. First place. Very important in the Europa League and in the Conference League, and the, the reason why is because if you finish first in the in your group in the conf, in the uh, Europa League, sorry, you get a buy into the round of sixteen. Yes. Whereas if you finish second, you're playing third place in the Champions League in the, basically a round of thirty-two or a play-in into the round of sixteen. So, yeah, you know, Lazio could be in for some trouble here. I mean, they've if they finish second. Uh, it's going to be a tough road for them, I think. You know, um, I think that buy would really help this team. I think yeah. they, they they could really use that. They could use that that break in that one week where they don't, or two weeks, sorry, where they don't have to play the they don't have to play an additional two leg fixture uh, just to get it to the round of sixteen of the Europa League. So uh, I think lots are going to be gunning to win this game. And I think with the way they've been playing, I mean, if they don't leak as many goals, uh, they can uh, they can definitely do it. I mean, uh, as long as they're not playing with Danese or someone like that. Exactly, but we we saw in the last game, like Galatasaray did nothing in against Lazio, and no. it was it was Strakosha that basically scored. Exactly. On and, and it looks like Strakosha will be back enough for that. Ironically enough, uh, he's been out. Yeah. Of the running for the number one spot for such a long time, recently just took it over from Pepperena. Now he's going to get a chance to redeem himself. A 1-0 victory will be enough, actually, to get them through uh, because they're tied exactly on goal differential. Yep. Exact same goals for, exact same goals against. Galatasaray only beat them 1-0 last game. So if they were to match that result, they would actually get better on goal differential because uh, head-to-head would be tied, right? So 1-0 would be enough. I think Lazio, I agree. I think they go for it, and I think they will get that result. Yeah, I think so for sure. And uh, moving on to the conference league, but uh, they are playing the worst team in the league. Yeah, Odo Glimp playing Zoria Luhans with nothing to lose. So, I mean, for Roma, they basically clinched second place. I don't see Bodo Glimp losing, so I think Roma is going to end up playing third place in the conf- in Europa conf- uh, the Europa League to, yeah. for that play in into the round of sixteen. Um, you but- you guys are all in for this competition. I'm telling you right now. 
before Mourinho leaves and gets fired, he's going to want to lift his trophy. He's going to he's going to want to be the first manager to ever lift his trophy. Yeah, so I'm, I mean, Roma's going all in. They're putting their chips all into this uh, tournament right now. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they should beat Sofia. I mean, there's really not much to say there. I mean, if they lose to Sofia, there's some serious problems. But uh, we already know there's some serious problems there. But uh, they definitely need a win to get their confidence back. Um, and they don't play until the Monday, uh, anyways, for match day 17. So it would be nice for them to, to to pick up a win and gain some momentum. So I'm going to call a Roma win here. Yeah, they should win. They need it. All right. Let's move into uh, match day 17 now, Jules, for the, for the City app. And it starts on Friday with a huge, huge, huge derby. Um, the derby de la, la, la Terna. Yes. Yep. Genoa, Sampdoria. Sampdoria, obviously a mess. Could be Diversa's last game. Genoa, Shevchenko needs something. Hasn't been able to get anything uh, since he came into uh, came into the management position, replacing David de Ballardini. What do we see happening here, Giuliano? So this is, I'm going to say, although Shevchenko, he's been given a baptism of, fi- baptism of fire with, uh, you know, fixtures against Milan and Juve. Those were his two first games. So that's a bit unfair for a new manager coming into a, a club that's a shambles. But on the flip side of that coin, he hasn't done great in setting up the team. They looked pretty abysmal in those two matches, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so he has a lot of ground to make up in this big derby. Uh, you have a manager who's on the brink of being fired for him, so it's also a big game. So this is a game with a lot on the line. Yeah. Managers have a lot to prove. I think if Shava, if he loses this game, question marks, although it's really early, I think he's going to start being questioned. Sure. Uh, why he was even brought in. If you're this poor, you can't even get a shot against Juve, your team, you're losing to Sampdoria, if that's the case. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't look good for Genoa to lose. Well, this has got this game got a lot of implications on it. It, too. Really, I mean, does. Genoa, it really does. Genoa is sitting in the bottom three with ten points, but Sampdoria is not far off. Sampdoria is in safety right now, but they're only five points ahead of the drop. So if Genoa wins, they they could technically pass Spezia, depending on what Spezia does on the weekend, because Spezia only has twelve points. Yeah, and but they, they drag Sampdoria within, right in. Right in, right. So to me, I think uh, I think that's too much pressure for this Sampdoria team. And uh, I think Genoa's going to win this game. Genoa's going to come out firing. I think Shevchenko's going to try and make an example of Sampdoria. You've got to capitalize on the mess that is happening right now with Sampdoria. And uh, I think Genoa smell blood, and that will be a victory for Genoa. For the Grifone. Yeah, I want to I say so too. I want to see Shevchenko's team win, but I don't know what his team what they bring. I don't know what his style is. He, yeah, he's implementing a three-man defense, but I just hope this match we can see what it is he's trying to bring into into the league because, like I said, the first two games, one against one of the best informed Italian teams, and the other against Juve, it's very hard to do. So I just hope he's able to put his stamp on this game at least and show some some style because, like I said, it's been uh, abysmal on his end. Oh, it certainly has, certainly has. But uh, let's see what happens there. Then we go into Saturday. Fiorentina hosting Salernitana. Should be a routine win for Fiorentina. Yeah, I would I would think so. The way Salernitana are playing, they're hopeless. They look they look yeah. horrendous as a team. They don't even look like a team. Uh, they they just look like 11 guys taken off the streets of Salerno and put on the field. 
<laughs> pretty much. So, um, pretty yeah, Fiorentina, I would imagine, are are too much, and they get three wins in a row this season. Yeah, exactly. That'd be huge for them. Yeah. And then uh, I think another one, safe to say, Juve will be visiting Venezia. Should be a Juventus win here. Yeah, Juve Venezia. I mean, Venezia has shown to trouble the top teams a little bit, but. Juve, if they play like they did in the last game against Genoa, they can beat anybody in the league. And I think, uh, I think we're going to see Juve go on a run. Yeah, I think so too. I really so do. I don't like Juve. to say that, but I think they will. No, I think they will too. So Juve for the win there. Uh, another one: Udinese hosting AC Milan. Udinese abysmal right now, hosting AC Milan, who have Scudetto ambitions. Yes, Udinese has not won a game in in almost a month it's just been laws and draws losses and draws uh milan reversed their fortunes this week with two wins it, it was three games in a row they didn't pick up a win so before that yeah um they should get their third win in a row here after udine because yeah i look at that udine team besides besides beto and delafeu who pops in once in a while with a goal they really got nothing going forward and nope. milan just have too many weapons off the bench Oh, big time. Big time. We'll see. The Champions League match is going to be a big factor, right? As well. Hopefully, they walk away injury-free because they are going to go 110% into that game too. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, I think we're both going to say Milan win there. Uh, Sunday starts with Torino-Bologna. Torino at home against the Bologna team. Bologna is so high and low. I, like, I don't know what to expect from Bologna here. This is a Bologna game where they're going to drop points because <laughs> yeah. they're on the verge of getting into the top uh, the five, six positions if they win this. I have a yeah. feeling they're going to choke under the pressure like they always do. Oh, for sure. And Torino's at home. This is where Torino wins. Yeah. So I'm going to take a Torino win here. I, I agree. They haven't won in three matches, Torino, so they're due, due for a win here. Yeah. A very interesting game coming up here. Verona-Atalanta. Two high-scoring teams. Yeah, the high offensive teams. Uh, their games have been exciting too. Both teams of, of, of excuse me, of late. Uh, what do you think is going to happen here, Christian? I don't, I don't know how that midweek game is going to go for Atalanta. I mean, uh, I think it's got, you got to factor that in. Yeah. And uh, Verona, I mean, Verona are firing on all cylinders. They're, but I, at the end of the day, Atalanta are are a Scudetto contender now. Uh, you know, if they beat Villarreal and go into the Champions League round of 16, they're going to be flying high. I just don't see them winning this game, though. I think it's just too much. Um, I'm going to call a draw here. A uh, draw is a good result. I don't think Atalanta will lose because they're on a 10-game undefeated streak in all competitions. So they've really turned around their season. <laughs> to go 10 on the run but uh yeah. best informed team probably in city A right now i think i think they'll edge over on in this game i think it's going to be a rare loss for ivan tudor here okay so uh on to the next game Napoli or igor post- i called him ivan igor tudor yeah. okay ivan igor same thing <laughs> um next game napoli hosting empoli here you know what this is uh kind of an underrated game too the way empoli have been playing yeah what do you think result-wise here? Well, I mean, you would all signs would point to Napoli to win this game. They need to bounce back, but Empoli at the same time they've claimed quite a few scalps, and uh, they're they're playing really well at the point. I th- I just don't know how Napoli's going to go into that game on Thursday. 
Uh, I'm going to say Napoli win, though. I can't see them losing to Ampoli. Yeah, Napoli, we look at their form, has been terrible. One win in their last six matches in all competitions. Uh, yeah. So very, very poor. I'm going to say, I think it continues. I think they are going to end up dropping points in this game. I think they're going to draw Ampoli. Um, okay. That Thursday night game is going to be a little bit too much with this thin squad. I mean, Oshiman's still out. Yeah. So he was such an important piece of that team, and I don't think Dries Mertens has maybe the legs in him to go this many consecutive games in a row. Okay. Uh, on to the next game, quite a big one. Sassuolo hosting Lazio. Sassuolo, we know how they are against the big teams. Lazio, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lazio, who's going to show up? Yeah. It's going to be the Scamacca Chile Mobile battle. Pretty much. So it'll be nice to see. Yeah, it'll be nice to see who who goes off here. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna call a, a draw in this game. Who's gonna score? Skamaka's gonna score a rocket. And Chiro's gonna get a penalty. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I'll take the draw too in this game. All right. Next up, Inter Cagliari should be routine for Inter. Should be, but we know. Walter Mazzari's going back to his former home. Yeah. The San Siro. He's going to want to get something there. He's, like we said, he draws a lot of games. He's drawn the last four matches he's played. So I guess it's a kind of good form for Cagliari. They, they've been at the bottom of the table. Mm-hmm. I think, I actually think this game's going to be really, really tight. And for some reason, I feel like Inter's going to drop points here. It's going to be uh, one of those stupid games. I just, my gut's telling me it's going to be a draw for some reason. I think uh, Mazzari, he's going to be a thorn in the side for Inter this, that game. No, I give Cagliari no chance. I disagree. I think Inter's <laughs> going to freaking run them over like a freight train. Future Italian star Joao Pedro is going to get a goal. Yeah, okay. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and then finally, Roma hosting Spezia. At the uh, Stadio Olimpico on the Monday. God, who knows? I don't know what to predict here. <laughs> I don't know. Marino going against his former uh, holding defensive midfielder there. Yeah, Morta. I mean, Roma should win this game. They should, but they've lost to Bologna. They've lost to Venezia. So I don't know what to in Spezia. I, I don't know what to expect here. I mean, Roma need to win this game because they got Atalanta waiting for them on the weekend following. So... I mean, they have to win this game. They have to. So I'm yeah, going to call they, Roma. They have to rebound Roma. If they were yeah. to drop points in this game, then oh God, Mourinho is going to – they'll chase him out of the city, I think. Oh, I think so too. I think so too. So I think we're going to both say Roma win here. Yeah. And that sums up match day 17 for you. Uh, real quickly, uh, a couple of notes here. Uh, Pacific FC won the uh, – Third Canadian Premier League title. Yeah, the Congratulations. champions. Pacific FC. Everybody, the funny thing about Pacific FC, everybody wrote them off. Yeah. Forge gave them. Forge was a heavy, 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 heavy favorite. And uh, they were at home at Tim Hortons Field. And Pacific FC coming in, winning the title, surprising everybody. So congratulations to them. Um, a familiar name for Toronto FC, shockingly, will be in the backroom staff at Manchester United with uh, Ragnick, Chris Armas. Yeah, I couldn't believe that one. <laughs> I saw that. We talk about failing upwards. 
Yeah, seriously. I mean, uh, Chris Armas uh, was a, was the manager of Toronto FC for I think a whole of five six months. Yeah, uh, is responsible for Toronto FC's worst defeat in the club's entire history. <laughs> gets fired and is now in the backroom staff at Manchester United. So clearly, Ragnick sees something in him that Toronto FC didn't. Yeah, clearly. But uh, very, 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 very strange. I that, that... I don't know. <laughs> The soccer world is a weird, weird world. No, it it, uh, it definitely is. And uh, we also uh, had some uh, some crazy games on the weekend in the city of B in the second division of uh, Italy. And the table has kind of changed a little bit. Um, so now we got some teams creeping into playoff spots that are that are you know that are. Monza's Monza's back. Monza's back. They're sitting in the. They're sitting in fifth. They're sitting in the playoff. Like one of the, one of the four playoff spots. Third and fourth is the buy into the semis. So Monza, Cremonese, Ascoli, and Frosinone are holding on to those quarterfinal playoff spots. I mean, Ascoli, we haven't seen in City A and. God, I think what 2004 2003 was yeah, the last been, time we saw it's been a long time. Um, but Pisa leading leading the city of B, uh, Lecce in second place on their way up into automatic promotion. So it's uh, it's crazy to see that. But uh, here is a team that is destined for relegation, six points out of safety, and that team that I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is Crotone. Crotone is sitting in 18th place on their way down. My, how they have fallen. Ah, they, yeah, that's the way it goes. I mean, when you lose, they blow up their team, lost two massive players. Yeah. And Messias and, uh, and Simeon, I'm sure they lost a whole bunch more. Cordaz, now he's at one of the best teams in the world. Uh, so when you blow up your team like that, I, that's it's a shame. It's a shame. But it happens so often. You see teams take the plunge from A, B to C. How many? Yeah. Like you can go look in the C division. How many historic teams are in there right now? Body, Palermo. Yeah. And once you uh, once you time, yeah. and once you get there, it's almost impossible to come back out of it because it's yeah, so I, ridiculously hard. Oh, it really is. I think I think I think the third division in Italy is the hardest. It's definitely the hardest league to get promoted out of. Oh, it is a hundred percent. It's basically three divisions in one, yeah, one tier. Like it's it's absolutely. I think it has to be the hardest in the world to get to it get out of. Definitely has to be because yeah, you finish first or you finish first or you go into like a like a sixty four team playoff. Yeah, and good luck is, after that. Yeah, exactly. Anything can happen in a sixty four team playoff, right? So it's it's absolutely ridiculous. But those are some of the news bits. Um, and that basically sums up today's podcast so once again thanks for listening we appreciate the support as always follow us on Facebook Tifosi Football Radio Instagram Tifosi Football Radio uh, subscribe and like our videos on YouTube um, and uh, follow us on Twitter at Radio Tifosi so once again thanks so much for all the support and until next time Ciao ragazzi. Ciao.